Welcome to life, the grand adventure. During this adventure, there are many twists and turns, each of which leads on a new path of our journey. Luckily for all of us, we have God with us on this adventure. Oftentimes, we try to make things too complicated. Hello, I'm Adam, and I have great news for you. Life is actually quite simple, and if you come along with me on this podcast journey, I will share with you one simple fact about life and faith. It's that simple. I'll be reading Psalm 23, the Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This, for many people within the church, is probably one of the memory verses that a lot of little kids memorize in church. It was one of the ver first verses I memorized. It was kind of cool. It was one of the first verses my son memorized this year for a memory verse challenge he did. It's hard for me. You could hear sometimes when I was reading it because I learned it in the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. So this is such a calming psalm for me. It talks about how God is there for me. God is our shepherd. And if you don't know about sheep, I've mentioned it in my small group. And a little bit on the podcast over the the year, the two years I've been doing this, but sheep aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer. They wander off. They get lost. They make choices that aren't great. That's sort of like us with our sins. But we have a shepherd. We have the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I lack nothing. So even though we're wandering off through the fields like sheep, God still is there for us. In the Gospels, it talk, Jesus talks about how he will leave the 99 and go back for that one. That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd knows where the flock is. He knows every animal in that flock. God knows all of his people. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. That's what today's about. The episode is called Refreshed because God refreshes us. Our souls need refreshing. Not only does he refresh us, but he guides us along that path. He doesn't let us go off, doesn't say, hey, just go. He's there with us. Now, we know we have to knock on that door and pull open that door and let him in. But he's there for us. We have to accept him. Even when we walk through the darkest valley, as the NIV says, we will fear no evil because he's with us. His rod, his staff, the rod and the staff, that's what a shepherd holds. The crook, they would use that to beat off the lions, to protect the sheep. 
but they comfort us knowing that you are protected your comfort thinking about think about your parents or somebody who gives you comfort someone who protects you you are comforted knowing that you are safe but he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies he's so big he's right there he anoints my head with oil i don't know if you've had the experience of being anointed with oil it's very powerful Ash Wednesday is the most common one in our society. Uh, years ago, I'd never done it until I was an adult. It was just a powerful symbol to put the oil on your head. David was anointed. David's talking about he was anointed to be king. My cup overflows. If you hold out your cup, God will keep filling it and filling it. He won't stop. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and love from God. If you got, if you live for God, there's love. Through this, doesn't say it's going to be rainbows and unicorns. There's going to be dark valleys, but there will be love all the days of your life. There'll be goodness. That's what will get us back along the path, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Refreshing. 1989. I was a nine-year-old in August, summer of 89, August of 89. And my parents took me for my very first sleepover camp. It was a 4-H camp nestled in the Shenandoah Valley in Front Royal, Virginia, in between two mountains, trees everywhere, beautiful. If you're watching YouTube, the picture behind me is the is where the camp is. You can see one of the lodges in the background. If you are listening on the podcast, look at the little square picture. The background of the podcast episode is the camp, one of the most beautiful places on earth. I remember my parents dropping me off, me going up into the I was the top bunk. Then they left, and for just a moment, I was a little sad. I was a little worried, but then camp started and we hit the ground running. I remember it like it was yesterday and it was decades ago. Man, I'm getting old. I remember walking up and down the hills. I remember that I went to drama class. I got to ride horses. I got to sing songs at that camp. I got to go canoeing, played games, laughed, had fun, danced. We had campfires every night. And I went the next year, the year after that, and for many more years. It was the greatest week of the year in my youth. And we had to work for it too. We didn't have tons of money growing up, so we had to get sponsored to go to camp. And we had a, a bike-a-thon where people would sponsor us in the bike-a-thon and that money would help to pay for, offset the cost of camp. In retrospect, I never really thought or appreciated that. So right here, thank you to all those who sponsored me and helped me get to camp. My life would be so much different if it wasn't for, for each camp. So I went through my youth. I had lots of fun. I have memories. I literally learned to swim at that five-day camp during a couple of years. I mean, I, growing up, we lived in the, in the middle of two hills, and I didn't go anywhere in the summer. We didn't have a pool until I was older. So I didn't learn to swim. There was no need. 
I learned how to run around, shoot basketball, throw a baseball, throw a football, and climb around over and on things, but not how to swim because it wasn't a needed skill. But now I can swim because of 4-H camp. After my years as a camper were up, we have teen counselors there. So when you're 14, you can be a teen counselor. And I loved it. I saw it as my opportunity to give back to other youth what had been given to me, the joy that was given to me. I ate it alive. I hit the ground running. The energy the, that flowed through that, the joy that I got just from singing with those kids, from, from just hanging out, spending time with, those, with the kids in my room. I actually had some of the same kids every year in my room because we connected so well. Some of them I even know as adults. One of them I played fantasy baseball with for years. It's kind of cool how life comes full circle because really we're only five years apart now in life. Back then it seemed like a lot. But I was able to feed in. I'd spend that week every summer there. As I got older, a couple of times I got to go extra weeks of the summer because I was working hard as a counselor and they needed extra counselors some weeks. I got to go spend time with more people and more kids and it was my favorite place to be. Then I graduated high school. That last week of camp, I said we had campfires and we had a Native American theme and there was always a, a big chief that would lead the campfires. And myself and another friend of mine were the big chief. And I remember at the last closing ceremony, standing on the stage in front of all of our families, doing the last campfire, I broke down. I lost it. I was bawling. That's how much it meant to me. This place was nestled in my soul. Because I thought it might be over. I went off to college and then had the opportunity to apply for a position. And they were tough positions to get. And that next summer, I got to spend all summer at the camp, my favorite place on earth, teaching drama of all things to kids. It was spectacular. I had a blast. And I did that for the next five years. And even sometimes in the off seasons, I was able to take children and adults on nature hikes. I was able to lead them through ropes course, uh, team building activities, a climbing wall on high ropes. I spent so much time there. I got to know the area. I got to know the programming. It was my dream job. I thought one day this is where I'm going to end up. And I graduated college. I did five years on staff because I was so smart. I did an extra year of college just for fun. And I went into teaching for a couple years. Lo and behold, what, what, what happens but a job opens up at the camp. So I got to go back, work as the environmental education teacher. And I enjoyed it, but camp was my passion. And then I was getting engaged that year to my wife and knew that I wanted to spend time with her. Then my buddy moved away and I, the, my boss and my, one of my good friends, and I got to be in charge of the camp for the summer. It was spectacular. I loved doing that work. I loved seeing the junkyard. I loved giving back what was given to me. It was my soul. It was my love. But I knew I had to leave. There were different things in life that said I needed to go away. Things going on there, things in life, just where life was. And I went away for 10 years. I didn't come back. I then had my daughter. And at age five, we went to a father-daughter, a parent-child camp, 
and my buddy who was actually in charge of the camp at the time asked me if I wanted to coordinate the camp and think of the less of the activities. And so we got to go, we got to go to, there was two sessions and we had to go to both sessions and her and I had a blast. My wife had to come for one session and Bailey and I would stay for the second session. And I felt that joy again. I felt that happiness. I felt refreshed. I felt the calm, the love, the, my soul was complete again. And I've been going every year since. She was five, then now she's 13. We went as she became older when we went into regular junior camp. Just this last week, I came back from camp. And while I was there, one thing I do when I'm at camp, a lot of times is I park my car, I leave it there, and I walk around the camp. Now, if you ever go to this camp, it is hills upon hills. The kids will moan and groan, oh, these hills are terrible. I see them as so beautiful. Just to be able to walk up those hills. Things I took for granted that decade I was away, that time I was there. Just to bask in God's creation. To see the beauty of that. My buddy offered to drive me from a lodge to the dining hall. And I said, no, I just want to walk. That sometimes would take the long way. Sometimes I'd walk through the woods and just look around. Sometimes I'd sit in my lawn chair in front of the lodge and just enjoy it. Take in the fresh air. The week's weather was perfect. Everywhere else in Virginia, it was hot. There, it was warm, but it was perfect. Got a little rain, moved some things around. But I felt my soul and my spirit refreshed. I didn't realize as much until really the last day. I just stopped and looked around, walked by myself to breakfast, just straight down the road, took a couple pictures just to have, and they'll be on my desk at school and breathe the fresh air. And we were driving home and I could tell in my conversations that I was refreshed. I could tell that my soul felt better. I told my wife as much and I was like, wow, I feel better. Verse three says in Psalm 23, he refreshes my soul. The Lord refreshed my soul in his beautiful land in the area that meant so much to my life. My job currently as a drama teacher wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this camp. And as I sat back reflecting, I said, that's what God wants me to talk about this week. Just tell about my story. Just to get us all thinking that we need times like that. Our lives are busy. When I'm home, I'm thinking about what I've got to do around the house. When the lawn's got to get mowed, how to take care of the chickens. When the house has to get cleaned, I got to feed. I got to get the kids here. I got to do this. Got to do that. During the school year, I've got to do. I've got to be at this appointment, that appointment, driving around. But for that week, car was parked. I had some responsibilities. But I walked around free-spirited. The schedule wasn't as tight. If I was five minutes late to dinner, oh well. I can't do that for a job. Five minutes late to class doesn't work. But I got to stop. I got to slow down. I mean, our lives are busy. And within that, our minds are busy. We are just plain busy. And we need to stop. We need to refresh. I've discovered 4-H is my refresh. Once a year, five days along the Appalachian Trail in the valley. 
And through that, I firmly figured out that we all need that time. You need that time. Your mind, your soul, your spirit needs to relax and be refreshed. What is your refreshing? What refreshes you? Think, take some time to think about it. Pray about it. Read the Bible and see what the good Lord is telling you. And then find it. Live it. Does your refreshing have to be a week-long camp? No. Your refreshing might be a 15-minute hike, 20 minutes behind the house in a hammock. Everybody's refresh is different. It might be a weekend you need a couple of times a year just to take the family away. Find your refresh, though. Your soul, your heart, your life needs it. So, friends, it's that simple. You need to refresh your, your spirit. In this world, we're going 100 miles an hour. We get burned out. We will eventually break down if we don't stop and pause and refresh ourselves. So find that time. Find that activity, event, location, whatever it is for you that refreshes your soul. Trust me, you will feel and live the difference and you won't regret it. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for refreshing our souls. Thank you for personally helping me find my refresh in my childhood love and my teenage love and my college love and where I met my wife and how our family began at 4-H camp. Help me to not let that refresh go away. Help me to remember that's part of who I am. And to continue to feed into youth, to continue to just go up there and take that time to refresh my soul. Help everybody who's listening in to just pause. Think about what their refresh is. What calms their soul? What calms their spirit? What helps them to stop? Maybe it's getting away. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's playing a game. Whatever it is, it slows down life. It slows down the busyness of our minds, of our souls, of our work, of everything. and helps us to relax and refresh. There is a sense of calm that comes when we're refreshed. That can only be through you. That is only because of you. That is only because of what your son did. It's only because Jesus sacrificed for us on the cross for which we are forever grateful. And we thank you and we love you for that. Help us to take the time this week to find and plan that refresh and to live that refresh because our life needs it. Make these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So this week I challenge you. Pray, think, journal. What is your refresh? And after you do that, set aside time to do it. Plan it. Be very intentional. Hey everybody, I'm Kingdom Praise Radio. I love you guys. I'm so glad to be part of the Kingdom Praise Radio family. If you're listening to the podcast, check out www.kingdompraiseradio.com. Amazing gospel music, great music, great podcast, of course. But listen, check them out. It's just an amazing station. I love being part of that family. If you're listening on Kingdom Praise Radio, take a moment. Check out my podcast station. It can be found anywhere where there are podcasts. If you, by chance, listen to Apple Podcasts, do me a favor. Click me a review. Or if uh, it helps just to get the word out to a couple more people. If you're on YouTube... 
click that notify, leave a message, say, hey, pop me an email. It's that simple podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear what your refresh is. If you have a prayer request, send it to me. I'm not going to announce it here on the podcast, but I will stop. I will pray for you. When I get prayer requests, I don't hold them off because my brain's not that, that long remembering. I'll pray for you that moment it comes and continue after that. So pop me an email. I want to hear from you. I want to know your stories because that's how we grow. We learn from each other. We talk to each other. This selfishly is my journal. I get to share with you my story, but I want to listen to yours too. I want us to grow and I want us to do this faith walk together and grow God's kingdom together. Have a magnificent week. God bless.